podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Hello and welcome everyone back for another episode of Chessie Hour. I will be your host for today, Daniel Soft. I'm joined by uh Harold calls you the what are these what are the chuckle brothers of the Discord, but but Harold... Aye, that guy needs to stop ruining my brand. <laughs> Alright, cool. So Listen, I want to get your brand crystal clear for the, the listeners. Um, so what are we calling you? Is it Ben? Is it Luke? Is it lukewarm? Uh, you see me, I'm just someone that likes to go where the wind blows. You know them oh, ones there. No. I've got a free roam in it. You know them uh, ones. So oh, the, the, the false nine free rolls, yeah? Yeah, yeah, literally, literally, okay. so I can affect the game. You know them ones there. So okay. obviously, really, it is Ben or Luke, depending on what mood I'm in, isn't it? Like, obviously, uh, Ben, you might see, you might see a bit more terrorism when I'm Ben. You might see more, something more reserved when I'm Luke. You know, that one's there. It just depends. All right, cool. Start off with Luke, but introduce Ben just in case if it's getting too calm on the podcast. Yeah, you know, that one. Sometimes I have to release Ben on them, man, innit? <laughs> on them, um, you know, they might be getting a bit larry in it. So in, I have to bring up the artillery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think is it Ben? Ben for the pod and Luke for the Discord. Whatever, but yeah, listen, just to clarify, there's only three of us on this pod, so it's me, it's we'll go with Ben today, and then we've got Babs. What are you saying, Babs? Nothing too crazy, man. Can't complain. I'm saying nothing too crazy. One name, one personality. Do you know what I'm saying? Hey, just keep it normal around here. Just keep it normal. Okay, guys, before we get started, um, can you do me a favor and can you give us a five star on the app store? Actually, we caught a lot of heat during the Lampard era because obviously we were just saying what we felt with our chest. Some Chelsea fans didn't like that and they started to give us one stars and shit. So I... We, I know, it's bad, man. So we need you to redress the balance and um, yeah, give us that five stars. Um, also, join us in the Chelsea Discord community. Um, it's always popping. I always say for Chelsea fans, 
you guys should be in there the most because the Chelsea chat is popping. But apart from that, obviously there's live shows. Catch us on YouTube. Definitely check out our Touchline Fracker YouTube. Please subscribe to that. And finally, Patreon. Um, we are taking Patreon seriously. We're doing post-match. You're even getting double for your bubble. So we're going to watch. We, we, we do re-watches where we watch the match again. Um, and we, we spend our time to watch the match again to find any kind of things that we might have missed. And then we discuss it too. Um, so you're getting a lot. Now, what I'm doing, this is my strategy. I'm not going to force it on you, Ben. I'm not going to force it on you, Babs. But I'm not going to get too excited about Chelsea on this public pod because the ops are listening, Mocha's listening, Coppen's listening. I sound them. Sound them. Let them hear. No, no, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to speak with my chest on, on the Patreon. Therefore, they can't use it just in case because things might turn. Because I spoke too loud when we was winning and was going undefeated under Lampard. And they started to bring the pod names up. They started to bring all of this material up. So what I'm saying is, if you want to hear that Dan, the enthusiastic Dan, hit us up on a Patreon. Um, but right now, I'm just going to be objective. But for today's, for today's show, what we're going to do, because we did, we did the, the match review of Everton on the Patreon. We did the, the Liverpool match review on the Patreon. So definitely hit us up on there if you want to hear our opinions on that. But I invited specifically Ben and Babs because I thought they'll be good for this show. We're going to talk about a few characters in our squad. And I want to remain objective this time because I do kind of reflect on it. And when we was winning under Lampard, I think we did get carried away. And I think it's important when we're in negative times to also look at the positive, but also when we're in positive times like we are today to also look at the negatives. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention a couple of names. And then what we want to do is first, we want to start with positive. So I'm going to ask you about it and then we'll talk about the positives and then we'll get into the negatives because I, I do think that's what people want to hear. So it's going to be difficult because right now we are riding the waves. Eight wins, three draws, zero losses. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm still going to first start with what is seems to be one of the biggest negatives on Tuchel so far, and that's the attack. Now, beginning of the season or back end of last season, um, we weren't happy with our attack as a fan base, but it was cool because in the uh, Pulisic on, in lockdown, he showed a new, he elevated to a new level. So we was excited about Pulisic for this season. And then obviously we had two signings in Werner and Ziyech. And the front three coming to the season that everybody was excited about was Pulisic, Werner and Ziyech. Now, in this past week, all three of them have been linked with moves away this season. So I want to start one by I want to go through them one by one. I want to start with Werner. And um, guys, we'll start with Ben. Is before we get into the negatives, because we all go into the negatives, but so far, is there anything positive about the Werner situation right now? To once, I think there's a lot positive in it. I'm not one of them guys that, you know what I mean? Um just you know what I mean, just because he's not necessarily doing maybe what we we expected him to do. That I'm just gonna like go negative on negative on him, sorry, and maybe give up on him. I think there's a lot of positive stuff in what he does, it's particularly to do with his profile. And I guess you could say, I guess he could he shouldn't be commended for that because that's to do with our squad building. But I think he gives us a lot of penetration where we don't actually get a lot from anyone else really in the squad. Maybe apart from Callum when he actually plays on the wing, which he hasn't been doing. But even then, that's only two players. I think Vern is very much still um warming, like, and he obviously needs um I think he just needs to, it's, it's more of a thing where it's about how he's being utilised. And I know he's missing chances, but these are the kind of things where it's like, 
we've seen him score goals in Germany and we've seen him miss chances um, in some situations where he scored goals in Germany, if that makes sense. So it's not the type of thing where we can say, oh, you know, the league caught him and all this kind of stuff. Because there's situations that he's missing in that he was scoring in in Germany. We know about goal scorers, uh, they can be very streaky and they depend a lot on confidence, right? So I've seen a lot of positives when it comes to Werner, particularly in terms of even in terms of even in wide positions and just being a lot more decisive when he gets to go anywhere near the final third, even if he's not necessarily putting it in the net. I think he's just, he's generally, he's generally positive, especially under Tuchel now, whereas under Lampard, he looked confused. And I, I, I always said, I constantly said that I don't think Werner knows what he's supposed to be doing in the final third under Lampard. And even if he's not scoring the goals now, he's, he's actually having an effect. He looks a lot more decisive on the ball when he gets, I guess you could say one on one. He's just he's simply standing a man and then putting a, a low ball in or something. He seems decisive. Seems like he knows now knows what he's doing, which I thought was always the problem under Lampard, basically. Okay, interesting. So, um, Babs, you have the from what you've just heard from Ben. Just in case you disagree with any of that, I'm going to allow you to disagree first, but then I want to hear your positives. Um, but yeah, is there anything that Ben said that you was thinking? Hmm, I'm not sure if that's a positive. Wait, there was a lot of it, but you know what? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I will start my positives, actually. I will start my positives. Okay, okay, okay. My positives are, he's fast. Done. Now, let's, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty of it. Let's get to the nitty gritty of it, man. Let's get to the nitty gritty of it, man. Ben, you had your go, man. You had your go, brother. You had your go. Yeah, Babs. Nah, Dan, Dan, is that objective? There has to be sanctions. Wait, 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 wait. Ben, I'm the host. Relax. Luke, Ben, I don't care which one it is. Relax. In hey, fact, ref, protect my, players. ref protect, my, protect my players. All right, cool. All right, so cool, let's, cool. let's really All look right. at the nitty gritty of it if we look at if we look at Vernas. We look at his last 10 starts. So what, Luton, are looking, Burnley, Tottenham. Are we doing positive? Sheffield. Just let me, just let me, just let me cook. Let me cook. Newcastle, Southampton, Atletico Madrid, Everton, Liverpool. He's had, I believe, 10 big chances. Commutative. He's got one goal. He's scored one goal. Sorry, can I rebuttal like, that? Already? I know what we're saying in terms of the fact that Tuchel's here to, you know, help him, you know, refine his game. He's got a lot more comfortable, a lot more comfortable positions. But if you're, if you're in these more comfortable positions, brother, why are you not scoring? You're getting the chances. You're, be, you're having them being put on your plate and you just don't want to eat. Hmm. Like, I, I feel like with Werner, like, yeah, the positives are, oh, he's fast, he looks dangerous. But fam, the things that are dangerous are dangerous to himself. His first touch is dangerous for his opponent, but it's also dangerous to himself. Yeah. This guy's taking bad first touches and winning penalties. <laughs> and yeah, it's nice in the short term, but in the long term, let's be serious here. Like he needs to be get, needs to be refining his touch. He needs to be getting these goals up. Because if we look at that Everton game just not, just now, two golden opportunities to score, and he goes and flushed them, and he has nobody to look at but himself. Liverpool, okay, you can say he had that goal that was chalked off, but he had other chances as well. Whereby I was like, come on, bro, like at least really test the keeper here. Like I do, I do feel like people will say he's dangerous in the fact that he's fast, you know, he's direct, but. We we didn't we didn't sign a sprinter, you know. We signed a striker who's supposed to be here for, to be scoring goals. And personally, for me, it's just not good enough. It just isn't can good. I, they, 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 there are generally no positives for me. There are generally right, no positives. Cool. Can I, can I, can I, I Luke, come in. Yeah, can I just say quickly? Yeah, when Babs mentioned all those games, and of course, we can't get away from the fact that he missed them chances in it. But I think the main thing, and when I'm talking when I'm talking about taking positives, especially between the difference between him and Lampard, is that. Zona was thinking up the joint in generally mm-hmm. when it came to these kind of games under Lampard. Now, even if the, he's not tucking shots away, he's still playing well and he's being important, which is more than we had before. And it also suggests an upward trajectory that if we start to get things right 
under a coach that's actually going to give suitable technical instructions that he's going to find the net. We know what goal scorers are like. Werner's not the first man to start missing chances. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. So just to kind of go back through, because I did take notes, but Ben, you said penetration was a positive of his. Yeah. Um, uh, and general, general. You know, I, I think I think that's I think that's bottom of the barrel. I think that's bottom of the barrel penetration. You, penetration is something you have like a, that's like your it's your bread and butter. You know, intensity. But about, intensity about in football. Let me finish, bro. Intensity is your bread and butter. Like your most elite players are always going to be intense, no matter what. It's about what you do with the ball after that. And what's he been I doing? Absolute rubbish. Rubbish. Okay, Wait, one second, one second, one second. Yeah. Let me stick with Babs. Because um, I'm going to go through all of the, your positives, and Babs is going to going to just fly off on them. You, uh, ben also said there's a there's a positive on how he's being utilized. Do you what do you think about that, Babs? Um, I would I don't know if I'd agree with that because he's getting roughly the same amount of touches as he was on the Lampard, which is a good and bad thing because really really and truly he wants to be having less touches. Because the less touches he has, the less ta- less time he has to fuck up, and the less touches he has, the, the, the more hopeful that the touches that he do, that he does have are in front of goal. So it's a bit okay. of a, like a push and pull for me. I, I don't really think there's really been that much in terms of like seeing positives there for me. Have you not? I, do you ben, not feel he's been ben, better in general? Ben, ben you, I'm going to give you a chance to come back in. Um, he's just going to go through. I'm going to go through all your points. Babs is going to either agree or disagree. Then you can come back in. All right. Okay. Cool. So just just remember, take mental notes, but. Also, what Ben said was, we've seen him score goals in Germany. Um, he knows goal scorers can be streaky, but it's like, from what we've seen in Germany, like, maybe it's just a thing where he's unlucky at this point. We know that he's been hit in the post. Like, that, that offside goal that you mentioned that got chalked off, it could just be an unlucky first season. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Babs? Um, first thing first, I've got to say, Bow to the touchy gooners because they just conceded the goal. But yeah, stay <laughs> straight back into it. Could you could you, could you repeat bow, that question for me? Sorry, please. Bow, then bow, bow, bow. could you just okay. repeat the last part? The last part. Sorry. All right. So so literally, um, the fact that he's banged goals before, Ben's yeah. saying that that's that means that yeah. we've got confidence. Yeah. Mm, I can't I can't look too much into that man. I've got to look at what's in front of me. You know, I've okay. got to look at what's All in right. front of me. Well, yeah, yeah. He may have scored goals I'm, in the past, but. A uh, one Fernando Torres scored goals in the past, and look how that turned out. You're taking the fierce message. Okay, Babs, stay focused because we'll get back to we'll get back. Stay focused on on this podcast. We'll do, we'll do. The game, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, I think that was. I think the last thing he said was standing up the man and um, taking them on. I think that and was just general decisiveness. Decisiveness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> standing up the man, yeah. No, oh, no, nah, that was an example. That was a, oh, that was an, that was an example. Okay, my bad. Maybe I sold Ben's point wrong. Ben, man. Yeah, what he's saw, he's saying, only short still. So. Maybe I sold you short um, on purpose. But no, what I'll say is this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'll say is this. I do agree if we're going to look at the positives. I think before Tuchel came in, he wasn't getting anything. No, no luck. I mean, at the beginning of the season, yeah, but he went for a long time where he wasn't doing anything. But at least under Tuchel, in that middle wing position, he started to get assists, whether that was, you know, the penalties, but usually where it was is kind of cutting down, like going down that middle wing channel and then kind of cut it in. Um, he does seem a little bit more confident in what he's doing, even though it's still not paying off. Um, but for me, I just have to agree with Babs in terms of, listen, it might be unlucky for him at this point. It might be just be like one of those times where, you know, nothing's going in, etc. Like Just like that offside goal. However, what is difficult for me to reconcile is 
his overall game for me. Do you know what I'm saying? I just feel like his touch. Um, I don't. I don't even believe 21 year olds. Do you know when a Lukaku's coming through at 21, people say, "Oh, he's got a bad touch," but when he's 26, he'll be refined. I don't even believe that in that for 21 year olds. So for Vernon to be 25, 26, I don't have much hope that his overall game is going to improve. Um, and yeah, um, I think that's a big part of it for me. The, the touch, just like the dribbling, all of these things, because I don't see him personally as a number nine. And the fact that his overall game isn't there, I'm not saying sell him straight away personally. If we can, I would be open to it. Um, but I just don't have as much hope. Ben, what's your thoughts on that before we kind of crack on? Yeah, the only thing I will say, yeah, is that just general, I think the general play thing I, I disagree with, even though there were periods where he looked bright on the Lampard, then periods where he was in the absolute mud, mm-hmm. I think generally we've seen a, a certain level of consistency in terms of general play. That Even the, the touch thing is weird with him, in it? Yeah, I feel like it just depends on the situation more time. I've seen, especially in the Everton game, there was one point where he got it like just outside the box, came at him quick fire, his touch was perfect. Yeah. But again, it just depends on the situation. I think a lot of it is down to composure in it which I guess is a, a lot of general stuff in terms of I guess how you're feeling not even to make it about all that kind of stuff but for me the encouraging thing is that general play on the two ball has been quite consistent um, for, from Werner mm-hmm. and obviously he's a streaky player anyways but I think the main thing is the fact that obviously like I said he's been more decisive um, in terms of knowing what he's doing and not just getting it and then I'm thinking like bruv like you know what I mean but the main thing on top of the general play thing is that I'm seeing him miss... Ch- it sounds negative, but I'm seeing him miss chances that I know he's capable of scoring because mm. he scored them in Germany, which means that will suit, that will short, that can only really correct itself. Do you know, do you know what I'm trying it, to say? It, yeah, it, no, might, you're it, right. it might have to be a thing where it's, he's going to have to start um, the season fresh next season and kind of write the season off, even though I, I do think he might go on a little, a little streak before the end of the season. Just a, just a light one, innit? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Yeah, There's a saying that goes, praise undeserved is satire in disguise. <laughs> no, okay. no one said it's a praise. No one said it's a praise. One second, no let, me, let me put a line. Let me put a, let me put a line under it. So, Babs, um, I think for me what's crazy is that last season, Tammy got a lot of heat for his touch, um, the lack of goals, etc., etc. And I think Vernon was supposed to be that level up. That guy that came in, already a hitter, um, I didn't hear that much about his touch. I heard a lot about his missing. But Tammy, so far this season, I think goals-wise, I think he's done the best in terms of scoring, in terms of penalties, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, yeah, talk to me about this kind of issue with Tammy Werner because um, do yeah. you feel like there's, there's something there in terms of, you know, people are just trying to push Werner even though Tammy probably deserves more of a chance? I think it, it definitely is an interesting one because if we looked at it last season, when... Timo was announced. People were like, oh, does Timo come straight over time? Everyone's like, oh, of course he does. Of course he does. And now we're a year later, and what he scored five goals in twenty-five games. And it's like, let me finish, brother. Let me finish. And, 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 it's, and we're in this stage where it's like, have we actually made the upgrade after spending fifty million? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that Tammy's better than him. I'm not saying Timo is better than him. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to say we need to look at what's in front of us and. <laughs> the, the proof's in the pudding. Like, we, we did not buy a shooter, it seems. We didn't buy a, a good goal scorer for the Prem. It, it does seem like he doesn't really suit our play style. And it is quite worrying to, for our, like, our actual future um, squad building type. Because at the end of the day, Tammy's got only, what, a year odd left on his, on his contract. And, yeah, it, it does look worrying. Because if I look at it, goals per night, yeah, Tammy, Tammy's, what, 0.53. Timo's 0.22. 
Can I, can um, I just you, you could say that you could say that after um, Timo's got this long what ten game run up 10, 10 game stretch of play, like you could say Tammy does deserve a start in terms of like having a chance to play. But I don't know when when I have when I have watched Tammy, I haven't been really impressed. I don't really think he's been highly impressive. But then again, I do think for the sake of fairness and for the sake of actually earning your spot, I do feel like he does deserve to get a run of games maybe. Ben, um, quickly. So, would you sign a new striker in the summer? Um, I'd, I'd be open to it. A certain striker, definitely. But other than that, okay. other than that, I mean, I mean, well, if, unless I say when I'm, I'd be open to a certain striker. That's me being realistic. That's not me thinking that we're going to go out and sign Lewandowski or someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But other than one certain certain striker, I wouldn't. But what I would say with the whole Tammy and and Timo thing is that the the main thing, especially in terms of giving Timo chances or whatever is the fact that we know what Tammy can do really and truly right mm-hmm. we we don't necessarily know what Timo can do yet we've, we've seen the worst of him I don't think we've seen we, the, the main thing is we've not even seen the best of him and we definitely could still see the rest of him so you can understand why people want to give Timo these chances over Tammy Tammy's had a whole season Tammy's had loans we've seen what we've seen what he's on like in this same country that we're playing in he paid for us last season. We know what Tammy's level is. The whole thing with Timo is that, yes, he's having a tough time now, but where, where, where is the ceiling? And can we reach that ceiling? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Oh, my, my question to you, Ben, is... Um, so let's talk about Maratta and, and Torres. That was a lot of darts around the question. Hey, hey, Maratta, that, was darts, that was a lot of darts around the question. The question was... Sorry, sorry. I can't actually talk about that man. I don't, I don't like to say his name. Okay, all right. So call him Mr. X, whatever you will. But what I'm, the reason why I mentioned them is so I think Morata and Torres they're both I think anyway in behind strikers Werner I think is an in behind striker too Hassan Hall's mentioned it that um the secret's out he said Werner needs space to thrive I think they mentioned it in Germany too Tuchel himself he said maybe it's my fault because we want to play in the other team's half whereas what suits Werner is to run into space now I think in general, when I talk about Torres and Morata, um, both of them have been kind of failures here. And then with Bernard, it's almost like he's the third one in that kind of um, trio. Now, my thing is with Chelsea, as a dominant team, as an aggressor, we are generally going to be um, the aggressive team that is probably going to, with the other team sitting back in most games. So do you feel like we should be avoiding this type of striker? And from Tuchel saying that maybe it's my fault that we don't play with much space behind usually and maybe that's my fault why Bernie isn't shining do you feel like with Torres and Morata we kind of hung around we tried to try to make it work would it be better to cut our losses as soon as possible if we don't see it working so for me I think I, I actually disagree that Torres and Morata were in behind strikers at the time at the junction that we got them and I think another thing with them as well even though I don't think like I had to say talent wise anyways there wasn't that much to get out of them more than I guess like they were never going to come and start scoring 30 goals right given where they were and who they were when they came yeah. to us however I do I do still think we utilized them wrong so Torres had the main thing with Torres is that he literally lost his legs just before we signed him anyways because of the knee injuries he had he was already looking spooky for Liverpool for that six months before we bought him and then on top of that, we tried to shoehorn him in with Drogba and Anelka in the team. Well, not Anelka, sorry, Drogba in the team as well. And it didn't make no sense. By that time, Torres shouldn't have been being used as an in-behind guy because he had lost all of his pace. But of course, when we signed him, we're, we're like kind of going on the, yeah, this is the Torres that was badding up with Gerard 
you know, I mean, even though he wasn't that guy anymore, and obviously there wasn't any time because this is Chelsea and there's a whole other striker there in Drogba as well, legend of the club. There's not any time to now work out that, okay, maybe the game has to change or we have to change our game to suit him because he's not running in behind tap. Morata as well, another one. I, I don't feel he's a running in behind tap purely because I've seen him do his best work as, as the guy dropping off in a two. And particularly if you look at his spell at Juve, um, in terms of dropping off and his interplay was really, really good. So even when he started thriving as this guy that's just on header in and that, I was actually quite surprised, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But I do think we utilise both of them wrong. The main thing with me, and I'm I'm on I'm on um, accepting that I was wrong uh, about players and all this kind of stuff, but yeah. the main thing for me and why I don't like a lot of the Werner talk and, and all the talk about getting people out, because it's just so early. It's so, yeah. so, so early. We see so many players come to leagues and not have a good season and pick it up in their second season because they're acclimatizing. Furthermore, on top of that, yeah. I feel I feel like it's just it is it's it's a little bit sometimes ridiculous to over even though yes the circumstances can be um a factor and the players the player can hold blame too. I still think there's a balance. You know what I'm trying to say and the circumstances that he's had to that he's been in this season as well as all of our players, it'll be a bit mad to now say, oh, Lampard did this, this, and this wrong. But at the same time, Werner's a piece of shit. Get him out. This is all his fault. You know what I'm trying to say? Very well said. Very well said. And and from what you said as well, like when Drogba came, people's questioned his touch, people's questioned his goals, et cetera, et cetera. If it was just on the face of his first season, there was a lot of Chelsea fans that wouldn't Yeah, he would have been gone. But he grew. So you have a point there, but Babs, I'm going to come to you and we'll finish this up on Werner. Do you see anything in terms of Werner being the third one out of this trio of Murata, mm. uh, Torres and Werner? And um, do you think Ben has a point? Do you think that we should persevere? Um, I definitely do see him as part of the trio, but I definitely do think Ben has some good points in terms of um, judging too early because I'm not going to lie and say it. I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't excited to see that we were signing a player that could score goals. You know, I, w- I was excited, but I, there were worries I had and they have been perpetuated in the play that he's um, displayed. But personally for me... I, I do feel like at a big club, you know, you either have to be doing one or two things. You have to be very, very involved in play and being able to score in a one or two rate. Or if you're not, if you're not involved in play, you have to be clapping. You have to be scoring goals two and three. You need to be giving me that twenty and thirty, you know, league return. And if you're not going to do that, it does look you have to cut the ties. But the only problem I see is that if I look in the transfer market, I don't think there are many strikers that can do the hold up play role. But there are one or two that can do the goal skin role. So I, I don't know. Like for me personally, I would cut ties because ben, I know Ben said that, you know, if, if it was a job worth thing and we cut ties early. But boy, if, well, if, we, if we cut ties with Robert early, who knows what would have happened? You know, I, yeah, I, I'm not a fortune teller. You know, I'm not clairvoyant. I, I can't I can't tell you what would have happened. But that is, that is a great like, rebuttal. I, I do, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this disrespect, Robert, because I love Robert. That's my favorite play, choice player of all time. But yeah. my thing is, you can't just like live in, live in the hopes of the future that, oh, this may just come well. This, this may come good. So we're going to have to persevere and stick with it. For me personally, yeah, no. you have to look at what's been in front of you. And if you do see um, a relevant, a relevant asset in the market that can come and do the job, you have to go with it. I know there's obviously the argument that oh, but if they didn't do well as well, but for me personally, the fact that you've been proactive in, in looking for the problem, to, to the solution to your problem, I do feel that that's the kind of the thing that you'd expect from a big club like Chelsea. Okay, Ben. Final point is keep it nice and short because we've got to move on. Yeah, no, I was going to say I definitely hear that in it, but my only thing is obviously sometimes seeing enough to know that if the circumstances are right, this player can definitely thrive and become a player for us. Um, like, I'd give Werner at least next season. That's if Haaland is not okay. on the market. Can I ask a quick question, please? Just, just no, 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 so in, what, 
So what have you seen that gives you these this confidence? Bro, I, I literally just explained like yeah, all, yeah. a lot of the stuff. Like mm, I literally yeah, just explained a lot of stuff. Wait, 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 Bad, we got to move on. We got to move on. Okay, Bad, yeah, I was gonna say, I'll Bad, listen to the pod tomorrow, and then you can hear what you see. Okay, okay, okay. Ben, you had your final point. We got to move on. There's time. Time is precious. There's a lot to go through. Pulisic. Um, again, positive time, really and truly. This should be an excited Chelsea hour, but we're going to get into the shit that's not working so far. So Pulisic is a crazy one because when Tuchel came in, it's an easy casual link to say, uh, Tuchel gave me his debut, managed him before. Pulisic should be happy. I remember the Wolves game on the sideline. They were like boys. Like, do you know when you haven't seen your boy in a long time? It's like, oh shit. They was doing the oh shit. But it hasn't really panned out for him. Now, um, I, before we get into the negatives, um, we'll start with Babs. Um, the positives on Pulisic situation right now. Is there any positives that you can take? Um, he's young. You know, he's a, he's a hungry player. You know, we have seen him do some good work in the Chelsea in the Chelsea shirt. I think those are the positives for me personally. Okay. So All right. Cool. Um, and Ben, let's go to you positives. Obviously, the ability is there. You know, man, causing Azar like for a reason, isn't it? Like, the ability is there. Jesus like, Lord. You know you could be prosecuted for that? Listen, bro, I've been calling that since last year. The niggas know about me when it comes to the branding thing, yeah? That, the ability is clearly there. The dribbling ability and when he's feeling confident, you've seen Donny's ability to carry a team on his back, literally. Okay, okay, cool. And Cancelo, I saw a video today, Cancelo said that he was the most difficult position in terms of wingers. So look, we don't need to be sold. We've all seen Pulisic at his top level. I think the question is, is can he recapture it? And not only can he recapture it, can he maintain it? Now, I think it's difficult. What I would say is this. So my positive about Pulisic, similar to what you guys are saying, um, one-on-one player, probably our best one-on-one player. Um, yeah, like he's, he's carried the team before, even though it was for a short period. He's shown. He's still young. I still feel like he's one of the best, not one of the best one-on-one players just in the league, I think in Europe too. I think when I look at Pulisic as well, the fact that he hates being in the bench. Do you know like uh, when people always say this, when when a, a player has the potential to leave, they're like, oh my God, we don't want it to be a Salah or a KDB. I actually believe that the reason why Salah and KDB didn't stick around is because they knew how good they were and they wouldn't accept a squad role. And I think Pulisic as well, one of the reasons why he would probably want out as well is because I think he backs himself. I think when you look at Pulisic as well, he's someone that works hard to, do you know what I'm saying, improve himself. Those type of players are the type of players that incrementally get better season after season. Do you know who? Before, he only scored four goals for Dortmund. That was his top in the league. He came to Chelsea, the Premier League. Everyone's talking about Bundesliga tax. He doubled that in the Premier League. So there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of positives there. Um, but Obviously, it's a difficult situation. Now, before we get into the negatives, etc., I want to kind of caveat it with, this is a guy who hasn't started yet under Tuchel. So a lot of people are kind of like already kind of like sending them packing, but I don't think he's had a good chance. And especially if you're someone like that has campaigned for Hudson-Odoi to get starts under Lampard and it's unfair, etc. I think that we definitely need to be fair and say, actually, he hasn't had the chance to start under Tuchel yet. So... Let's get into the negatives. Um, and we'll start with Babs, because I think Ben's probably going to be like here for him staying. But would you be... Um, he's linked with going away. Manchester United are interested. Bayern Munich are interested. When Bayern Munich is interested in a player, 
everybody has to take it seriously because they, they they know talent allegedly or whatever. So yeah, what are your thoughts? If a bid came in for Pulisic, would you sell him? And if so, why? A good enough bid. Um, personally, yes. Personally, yes. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but at this at this moment in time, I'm quite worried with the, the injury records and the fact that he's not getting these starts. So yeah, I, if to answer that question in, in short, yeah, I would sell him. Okay, um, so Ben, you just heard he said him that the thing he mentioned was the injury record. So, so yeah, what do you think about that? Um, so obviously, put in the same situation, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I don't think it's an ability thing or anything like that. It's it's the injuries because he's had quite a few um, since he's joined us. Even last season, like obviously, he had a good back end to the season and a good period as well towards the middle, like in the winter time. But again, even most of this time, it was disrupted by injuries. Even at times, you could argue he wasn't playing his best football. He's either coming back from injury or between injuries. So the injury thing is a big thing in it. And he seems, you could argue like, you know, he's getting still getting acclimatised to the league, particularly coming from Germany, where it's more heavily technical. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is technical, but it's very physical as well. So the injuries is definitely a big worry. And that's the type of thing you can't really forecast for it. You can't really say, oh, well, he's acclimatising and, you know, give him like another year or so. He'll be acclimatising. He won't get injured so frequently. We don't know, especially considering he's only 22 and this is how he's getting injured. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the, you might know Pulisic is my boy. I back Pulisic in it a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. But the injury thing is worrying. And obviously it's not something you can really predict. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, are you saying that you'd consider it, Ben? I definitely, I definitely consider it, but we, I'm very much about this thing where we're gonna let someone go. Who is who's now replacing them? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Who who, who I'm I'm constantly trying to upgrade if we're having having to sell these guys. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So so Coleman Kingsley Coleman from Bayern Munich. He hasn't signed a new contract. He Impossible. Contract. Impossible. I can't Babs. let Pulisic go because of injury and then come and sign Coleman. Okay, Babs, Babs, you was gonna come in. What were you gonna say? Now, I was going to say, you could you could say that there has been another certain winger that did have an injury record. I mean, and he was sold. I'm, and I don't think it was it's, it's, it's anywhere near the same um, situation, the fact that one one was definitely a, a whole lot of a better player and showed a bit more. But you can say that we, maybe we haven't seen the best of Pulisic even, even yet, you know. There may, there may still be, a, there may be still just, more that he has to show us other than the lockdown form. Just to clarify, but, was you talking about Robin? Yep. Okay, cool. I, I don't think that there's that much difference. So, like, um, if you compare... Neither do I. Yeah, if you compare to Hazard to um, uh, Pudisic, Pudisic is way more direct. And I think that maybe Pudisic is probably our most direct winger since Robin. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Pudisic is the same level as Robin. I saw Robin come through. I think that Robin's a, a clearly better player for me. But I do feel like it's an interesting one because Manchester United are interested. How do you feel him going to Manchester United, potentially shaking off the in injuries, potentially, you know, becoming that player again, where we look at it like, okay, cool. He's locked down Pulisic full-time now. Is that is that a danger? Would you sell him to United? If that was that, we can't sell him to no Prem team because of the danger of that. This is someone that where the, the ability is so clear. And I feel like there's a difference between when a player's got ability, but they can't put it together and they're inconsistent and all this kind of stuff. Yes, Pulisic has been inconsistent at times and all this stuff. But again, the caveat of the injuries every single time, these haven't been in random periods. They've always been in periods where he's coming back or he's carrying something or this or that. Yes, there have been other periods. It happens with a young player. But I think if Pulisic 
goes injury free, there's going to be trouble, if that makes sense. So we can't be sending them to rivals. And of course, we can't necessarily take the risk. It's up to the club, I guess, whether they want to take the risk of him shaking off these injuries or not. But if he's injury free, that's a player we keep, definitely. So like before the, the lockdown form, Pulisic was, it was like Marmite with Chelsea fans. But I know that a lot of opposition fans have always rated Pulisic. In fact, they got onto Chelsea fans saying, why didn't you rate him, etc. Um, but to be fair, that's similar with William and stuff like that. Now, Pulisic, I think, I think people are most worried about because he has played the season. I can't remember the stats, but I know he hasn't really got assists and goals. And I think what Babs was saying earlier, if you're going to play an attack for Chelsea, you kind of have to get goals or assists or get out. So, yeah, my thing is, is like, what does Pulisic have to do between now and the end of the season? to make you reconsider just like selling it? For me personally, he's got to go on a crazy, crazy run of form. Not just in terms of like numbers, but just in terms of staying fit and getting the fundamentals down. Because I do feel like fundamentally, I don't think he's the best of players in terms of like getting his head up in terms yeah. of his dribbling, like dribbling into alleys, into channels especially. I don't think he does it well. In terms, sometimes I just feel like he shouldn't just dribble in volume, if you get what I mean. And I do feel like if we see a lot more of like a, a more measured and calculated Pulisic where he's making decisions where like, sometimes I have to dribble, sometimes I don't have to dribble, you know? <laughs> and like trying to actually like get his head up and pick a pass, mm. like maybe adding a couple more goals. Like just, just a, all I want is just a consistent run of form where I actually, like you can show me that, yeah, you've got the, you've got the fundamentals down. I, you are going to not just try and do this whole Cats America thing, you know, just, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. That's all I need. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on to Ziyech now. Uh, Ziyech is a weird one because a lot of people on this pod, a lot Listen, of people, if, we, if we talk about that guy, I'm not even sure it's advisable that we talk about that guy, you know. We're gonna have to cover it, like it's in the contract, it's in, it's in our contract. Oh so, boy, um, Ziyech on this pod, two people, I'm gonna have to name names, I'm sorry, guys, but yes, no longer with us, but okay, he's still alive, <laughs> but what I'm saying, no longer the pod. But, <laughs> no longer with us. <laughs> yeah, that that sounded mad dark, but yeah, yeah. obviously, he's no longer, <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is, he said that he'd be our best player, he said that he'd be our new Hazard, and Ooh, Jermaine stretch. backed him on that. I you know, what? a lot of people out before we before you go on, a lot of people was asked at the beginning of the season, Who do you think out of all these signs are going to be the best, etc. etc. I'll put my hands up and I said, If if it's going to be if Werner does sell when he scores goals, it'll be Werner because. The goal scorer gets the most love. Obviously, yeah. that hasn't panned out for me. So I, I took it L2. But I think um, a lot of people were saying ZH will be our best signing because he's most experienced. He can come yeah. in, etc. Et so, yeah, talk to me about ZH. But don't forget the format first. Let's go positives. So I'll, I'll kick off. Positives about ZH. I do feel like there's a skills gap in our team. And I think that I always say we need people to do through balls through the middle or unlock our attackers through the middle. Like Hudson Adoy is creative, but a lot of his creative creativity comes from out wide. Now ZH2, a lot of his creativity comes out wide, but when he does come in the middle, he's one of the only players in our squad that I can count on to release our attackers through the middle with those vertical passes. I think that's underrated in our team. Um, that's my main positive so far for ZH. And he's a huge trance creator. Again, we, we need that. So, that's my positives. Um, ben, go with the positives first. Let's let's give the people what they want, some positives first. Yeah, so, so to be honest, it's the same thing actually with me as well with Ziyech. 
like before this season. I'm not gonna like rewrite history or nothing in it, but like obviously, luckily for me, when I, when I was saying the opinions, on a, it was on a different, it was on a different platform. It you was know, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, on, it was it was on a different. It wasn't documented still, but yeah, no, the, the simple logic, like you know that, yeah, you know he's he's gonna come in as the most experienced player. Um, I thought I, me and Chemi, I remember both of us saying the same thing as well. So it wasn't a mad thought at the time at all. I think a lot of Chelsea fans thought he, we were gonna cut. He was gonna come in and be our most important player because you know he's the most experienced obviously the new hazard was that that's a dastard stretch and I didn't want a new hazard in it yeah. I was always on this thing where hazard was doing too much anyways we needed to be a better team and I think that Z- I thought that Ziyech was obviously going to be a, a key cog in that I feel like Ziyech slightly suffered from a, a similar syndrome to what Pulisic suffered from in terms of I don't know what they well I know what Lampard must have been telling them because it's it's there's a consistency we got to stick between so we'll get into that oh shit yeah I'm meant to be positive right now can yeah, you imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I got PTSD man that, that guy is, he's killing me at the moment but yeah now positive the bit again the ability is there it's clear to see and like you said the skills gap because if we're talking about someone we talk about um Pulisic and Hudson Odoi uh, we talk about Mason Mount Mason Mount is really good in terms of just general link up and getting the ball forward. But has he got he's has he got yet the ability to see and play that pass? No. Pulisic, he's more creative on the dribble. Hudson Lugue more creative on the dribble and putting maybe a, a ball in as well. Like like maybe putting a he's obviously improving all of these players, they are improving their ability to see and play that final pass. But like you said with Ziyech, if you're talking about particularly down the middle, if you're talking about someone literally getting the ball, picking their head up and playing a pass, that is pretty much our only guy who's ready-made yeah. with that ability. Yeah. So the ability is there and the skills gap is there. Yeah. Um, and Babs, let's talk about Ziyech. Let's talk about positivity, then we'll get into the negativity. Um, positivity, he has he has the Bruno trait, you know. He, he, loves, a, he loves to spam a... A cheeky ball and a cheeky, um, a cheeky through ball. That's positive for you, yeah. I mean, it is in the fact that we, 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 every team needs a maverick in the fact that they can just create something out of nothing. I, I, don't, I, I may not be a fan of it, but some people will say that is a positive. Okay, cool. Is that what you got? Yeah, that's that's what I've got so far, man. Ooh, all right, negativity time. So, ZH, um, again, he's linked to the move away. I think he's the one with the most tentative links. With Werner, it was like he's, he might move back to Germany or he wants to move back to Germany. And I think someone came out and confirmed that. Fabrizio Romano, Mr. Here We Go, confirmed that Pulisic is going to leave it towards the end of the season. But at this point, he's not happy. Um, with Ziyech, all we've heard is murmurs that may be Italy. Would you sell him first and foremost if you could, Babs? Yes. <laughs> ben? Yeah, I, I would like to concur with my good brother Babs. What? Whoa! But you were saying all this shit back in with Werner. You got to give him time. His first yep. season. Hey, my, my brother. Yeah, they're different. First of all, they're at different ages, isn't it? Yeah. Bruv, isn't Ziyech <laughs> already like twenty eight, bro? No, no, it's not. Werner turned twenty five the other day, bro. Ziyech yeah, is already twenty seven. No, he's twenty eight, isn't he? He's twenty seven. Uh, I'll check. I'll check. But either way, either way, you might know what my deal is when it comes to the whole. Um, how I want us to play like it's not that so if I'm being objective probably mm-hmm. not because this is an asset this is someone with clear ability and like I said the skills that but in terms of how I see us going one as in terms of how I want us to play and two in terms of how I think Tuchel will have us playing I'm not sure he's the type of winger that is 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 necessarily going to take us forward in that style it's, again it's so it's not an, an ability thing it's more a, a, a stylistic thing especially even I want us to play the 4 3 3 and now and from what obviously what I think of what Tuchel's doing since he's come in especially with the system 
I think that is probably what he will coach in preseason and what will look to play next season more time. Because I think obviously the, the threat at the back is a lot. It's a thing that's easy to to coach. I think in terms of when you first come in and obviously you've got a lot of games type of thing. But I want I want two actual genuine wingers in terms of the fact that they can go either way in terms of they can go and run you and they can also come inside and have some creativity as well. But the main thing for me is that you might know how I see it. I said it in a group chat in terms of the whole. I see it as Havertz or Ziyech if they're both actually going to play or if Havertz is going to play centre mid because he's going to need an avenue to get forward. And Mount loves to make runs too. And I feel like Ziyech constantly clogs up that right hand that right hand, hand space, which is, again, objectively, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But when you think about the style and how we're actually, how we would play and how it would work, it doesn't actually match up with the style. So it's not an ability thing. It's more a stylistic thing. That makes sense to me. But, and I know that, to be fair, you answered fairly because I asked you about next season and next season for some reason they really had this idea of going to 4-3-3 I don't think that's it in stone, like but, Laurel. But, but thinking about this season we're, we're playing um, we're not playing a wingers so you could say that ZH doesn't get to play in his natural position but a lot of people saw him as a 10 and at but the thing is the, two, the, sorry sorry Dan so, the only thing is that, about those people saying that I've seen that as well he's arguably playing in his most natural position he's able he's been able to play with us because where does he operate best he's probably like, like that ram type of space that right attack yeah, in mid yeah, yeah. you know you know what I'm trying to say and then the three at the back I, when we play the three at the back and obviously the three up top he, he's a bit more narrow but he can still be wide that's probably mm-hmm. arguably his best position and he's given us nothing well, he looks well, a bit uninterested at the moment. What, what you just did was, I was making a point and you heard it and then you just stole it and tried to claim it as your own. That was oh. literally what I was saying. But you know the thing is, you know what, Dan? That's just an extra yeah. W for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in the villainous mood today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Babs, you heard it. So I, I agree with Ben. I feel like this is a natural position for him. This mm. right attacking midfielder as Ben. I, I don't agree. Um, why not? I don't really agree with much of what Ben Ben said in the fact that he, he said that if um judging from the style of play that he, that we want to play Ziyech doesn't fit. But if you think that then Timo Werner definitely does not fit. I mean just to carry on off of that. Babs, Babs, Wait, let me let me finish, brother. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish, brother. Let me finish. I wonder things you have to. One of the things you have to appreciate with Ziyech is um. At, at, um, at Ajax, you know, like he had a free room to like do what you want, like roam where he wants to roam, you know, like whereas at Chelsea, he's not he's not the star man to do that. So I do understand that in terms of like he's being allowed to play where he wants. But then again, like, I do feel like it's a bit contradictory in the fact that he was able to have like a free room at Ajax. Personally, personally for me, in terms of just like just to round it up, in terms of like um ZH, I don't really think he's a player that really suits the Premier. The fact that he's not very robust, that like, he's quite flimsy, he's quite skinny. But I do have to be honest, and I and I do have to say that when assessing players, I, I try to hold myself to like a, a to a, to a, a fair place whereby I I will give my op- initial opinion. Mm-hmm. My initial opinion was being that I did think he was a player that had quality, mm-hmm. but I have got to, I've got to separate them as two separate entities. And the fact that yes, I had my opinion that he was going to be a quality player, but currently right now and what I've seen, I do feel like he's kind of failed to to like fulfill the bill. You know, he was brought in to be this instant impact. He started 15 games of all competitions and there's barely even a handful of games where I can say, okay, I've seen like positive like places where I want to actually be able to go forward and use him in the future. If if it was to sell him, as we said earlier, I would obviously say yes, but with Ziyech it's a weird one because he does have that moment where he, he can do something out of, the, out of the ordinary, but for me personally, I just don't think he really suits what we're, really, where we're trying to go in terms of stylistically. Oh. So the question, on, and this is to both of you guys, we'll go with Ben first, but 
since Ziyech has come, have you been underwhelmed by his final ball or like that his ability to create um, so far on what you've seen? I'd say yes or no. Yes or no in the fact that with a player like with a player like Ziyech, you, you, you're always going to see the good parts and the highlights. So when you're watching him up close and personal, you're going to see the good, the bad, the ugly. And there's been a lot of bad and ugly, but there have been a, there have been a couple of good moments where like he's played a, he's played like a Werner in behind against Liverpool. You know, he, yeah. like, as I said earlier, he has the Bruno trait. He, he's gonna, he's a maverick. He's gonna try stuff, and we have seen positives. But for me personally, it's just not really what I like to see in, in football. Ben, ben, if you y- yes or no, you know, this nigga just copying my whole flow. On brand. No, but yeah, no, I, I'd say for me, in it, yeah, it's just. It, it's it's the volume. The volume is a big problem for me in terms of like it's like a formula rapper. You know the type of rapper that just comes on that same damn beat, same damn flow yeah. type of thing. And and my point is mainly with that is that even though he is capable of what I feel is genuine creativity, what Bab said about the league is a very very relevant thing. I think in this league we're gonna see a lot of that same spamming of the crosses type of thing. Particularly if he's not gonna play in the middle with a free roam type of thing. So. Yeah, again, it's a stylistic thing more than anything. It's not that there's a lack of ability, and and I think if he goes elsewhere and thrives, as long as we're as long as we do what I think we'll do, I don't I won't be that upset if I'm honest. Rather than like I, like I'd be upset if Callum or Pulisic left and thrived, if that makes sense, because I think yeah. they're integral to whatever we're gonna do going forward. Whereas I don't feel Ziyech is so. But yeah. that could change, innit? I'm not and like I said. I'm this is not doesn't mean like, this is all on what I think how I no, think cool. we will play next season. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. So so we've wrapped up. We ju- I just wanted to talk about them three because they came in with the biggest hype in terms of changing our attack. Um, our attack wasn't really fluent under Lampard. Lampard did say, actually, he wanted to put those three together, but because of Ziyech's injury, it took him longer. That's why Werner's been playing on the left. And to be fair to Werner, it's like, yeah, he's come here and he's played a lot of games, but he's been shifted all around the place, different systems, different managers, etc., etc. But even under Tuchel, I don't feel that confidence is coming back that these three can be a, a frightening attack. But also, there's people that are part of attack. Obviously, Giroud's old. So, who cares about Giroud, really and truly? Whoa, 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 Wait, whoa, let me finish. Whoa. In terms of the future of our attack, because okay, he can't... Fair, you, know, fair. you know what I'm saying? If you just let me finish. But Tammy <laughs> Abraham, on the other hand, is, is young. And he scored the most. And... Hey. This is not the time saying, to make good points. I'm just saying, he seems to be dragged off at halftime. So there's something that Tuchel doesn't like about him, um, but he doesn't seem to have been given as much of a chance. So, Dan, he doesn't, he doesn't suit the philosophy. Yeah, that's the problem. Okay. Elaborate, I, Tammy will get you. I think Tammy will genuinely get... I think he needs to focus on that being his niche as well. I think Tammy will get you a certain amount of goals anywhere. Genu- I genuinely believe that. For, even for as much as, like, I try not to get onto him because I'm on this whole thing of I know what he is. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like he's kind of one of those players where when he plays sometimes, if he's not going to get the goal, you probably, you might not get the goal if that makes sense because I don't think he does enough in terms of the general interplay and these kind of things, even though he tries. And I kind of blame Lampard for, for, tr- for making him this kind of... I feel like Lampard is kind of responsible for taking a lot of people away from their natural games. Okay. Um, so would you would you find it hard if like he was sold? Just that emotional t- uh, connection with the club, the fact that he's been there, the fact that he wants to survive at Chelsea, um, what he wants to be a striker at Chelsea, the fact that he's probably got bond with a lot of our players like Reese, Mount, Hudson, etc. 
Um, uh, would you yes and no. Yes and no. Because, because like, at the end of the day, if I'm being objective, I can't come and say I don't think he's good enough to be our starting nine. I think he's good enough to be like a backup striker mm-hmm. and provide competition. But I can't come and say I don't think he's good enough at interplay and to be our starting nine, then be hugely upset at him going. But I think he will fight. Some things, it's not about a case of whether someone is good enough yeah. or... It's just the case that the two things don't match up. Do you know what I'm trying to say? There are other teams that play in a different way. Yeah, exactly. There are other teams that play in a different way where he will thrive. Doesn't necessarily mean that he would thrive with us, if that makes sense. I I still think, I still think that I kind of hold Lampard a little bit responsible just because I feel like Tammy, yeah, if he just eased Tammy in behind Giroud last season, it'd be a bit more easier to keep him in as a round of squad player. But I just feel like it's difficult for Tammy to go back now because he's played regularly as a top top yeah. of the league striker and he scored, so he's going to back himself. Babs, do you have anything to add on this before we move on? Yeah, I mean, of course it'll be sad. You know, he came with that initial crop with the, the Ola Ainers, the, Reece, the um, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheeks. It obviously will be sad to to see him go as a, as a, as a striker at the club, but I mean, I guess it, it depends on how we replace him, but personally for me, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm a bit, I'm a bit impartial to the fact that I, I don't really hold too many strong opinions if he was to go. But he would, I would, I, I would be lying if I said it, would, it wouldn't be sad to see him being. Yeah, it's sad. Player. It's sad, but it's for the best. You know that ones, <laughs> like like oh. Verna, like Verna, you know, like Verna. Yeah, yeah listen, yes. brother, that's what you think you're entitled to your opinion, yeah. <laughs> but but um, just because I don't think we had a positive section, he did out of. Definitely out of Werner and, and Tammy, he seems like he's finishing this season been really good. And just obviously, I mentioned that at the top, but he scored yeah. like six goals, six goals, no pens in 12 starts. Um, yeah, yeah there's, genuine, there's genuine ability there with Tammy. Honestly, yeah. I've always been on that. There's genuine ability. Yeah. For my yeah. thing is, is it the ability, is it enough ability for what we for where we should be. It's not even... A lot of the time when I see Tommy getting his comparisons to Vernon Giroud, it's like, brother, we comparing him to what we've got that's faltering or where we should be because it really should be about where we should be. Do you know what I'm trying to say? 100%. Yeah, but, and the final thing about Tommy is like, sometimes when strikers are on the bench, etc., they'll sulk. You're not going to find that from Tommy, man. Even the train, yeah. when you watch the training, he's still giving 100%, so shout out to Tommy. All right, cool. Um, staying on the attack. Uh, the Everton game, we finally got to see Havertz starting again. Havertz, post-match, he said, I've just come back from injury. So this is going to be his first start back from injury. A lot of people said that he took some time out just to, you know, kind of declutter his mind, and etc., and get back to good health, mental health, or whatever. But um, he just said he's back from injury, so I'm going to take his word on that. Now, he started false nine, number 10, or whatever you want to call it, um, Positives, let's go positives about Havertz because I feel like before that game, he might have been with the other three. A lot of people might be like, not necessarily let's sell him, but a lot of people seem to be down on him. Um, but from the game you just saw, Ben, talk to you about the positives about Havertz. I mean, we talk about David Silva, we talk about Mr. Ozo, but okay. Kai Havertz, I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anyone do it like this before. <laughs> I mean, nah, nah I, I joke in about nah, yeah. Havertz, the ability is there. The ability is clear. Again, if anyone has really suffered when it comes to utilization, I think he's arguably suffered the most. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in terms of the fact that we've seen him play such a range of different positions. And he's it's like we've seen him play such a different range of positions, one in Germany, and obviously um just been utilized in a way that didn't really make sense in terms of he was almost facilitating Mount at one point, which didn't actually make sense because even when Havertz does play center mid, he plays it 
very much like an attacker at times, even though he can do all the other stuff. So the performance, it wasn't, it was very, very good to see, but I w- it wasn't a surprise, if that makes sense, because the ability is there and the way he was being utilised, that was Lampard's biggest problem this season. His utilisation mm-hmm. of the talents that we had, that he had at his disposal was terrible. So I'm not actually that shocked, even though it is good to see. Uh, Babs? Yeah, I mean, Havertz, that's, that's like I would say, probably the player that actually had the, the main stocks in terms of when we signed him. So it was good to see him have a good performance, a good com- a confident performance, I should say, mm-hmm. um, in the Premier especially. I did think, if we're going to go into the game just a tad bit, I do think he did pick up decent um, um, positions in the game. I do feel like it was a game where I do feel, as even though he was good, I do think people were overdoing it in terms of how good he was. Mm-hmm. I do think there's still a lot of, there's a long, long way to go for him in terms of like just the standards at Chelsea and the standards that we want to be at. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a, there's a long way for him to go in terms of as an actual player in comparison to what he was doing at Leverkusen. So there are positive signs that we are seeing in terms of the fact that he was able to get a rest, you know, get his mind away from things mm-hmm. and actually come back and have a refreshed approach to the game. Yeah. Funny thing about Havertz is Havertz, he talked about the penalty situation. He said that um, he knew the goalkeeper was going to come out. And I think he hinted at diving. How do you feel about that? Hey, man, kill him and tell him, man. Get, get how you can, man. Give kill me mentality. Get how you can. Give, Give me more. more. Okay, 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 okay. That's killer mentality. Get, get Georgina um, to 15 goals, man. Let's, let's facts. Do it, man. <laughs> facts. Hey, if Rudolph can do it, fam. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so Havertz, um, I think what was interesting as well is, like, like um, Ben alluded to, Lampard was possibly using wrong. Look, I said it on here. I said it on this very platform. Havertz, he's a robust talent, but just because someone's robust, it doesn't necessarily mean you can put them anywhere, especially for Chelsea. From the Chelsea fans, I'm sure the reasons why we invested so much money is because we were lacking goals and Havertz could score goals. As Ben alluded to, when him and Mount was playing together in that 4-3-3, Havertz is someone that notices space, not just attacking, but defensively. So a lot of times you will see him behind Mount and doing a lot of the defensive roles that he shouldn't really be doing because you want him in and around the box. I think with this free role, you still see he comes deep, but he doesn't have to cover the defensive roles. And he got into the box. One, I think a lot of people, their eyes are open to how fast he is as well. And the good thing about it is that when we're playing a Giroud or a Tammy up front, they're going to stick up front. Um, Giroud, if he comes back, he doesn't have the space. The, pace to get back into the box but what you saw with Havertz is not just coming back to you know mix it with the guys but also having the speed and the the intelligence to get into the right places at the right time to which he had the goal disallowed and then he also um, got the penalty too so yeah all good from Havertz if you want to hear us eulogize sign up to the Patreon we're not going to do any more on that but from one positive point because I think now we're getting to the truly positive um, people talk about let's talk about Hudson Odoi we don't have to spend much time on it because a lot of people call us Chelsea Owl already. So, Hudson Day, if any of your people are listening to this or you, if you're listening to this, we've got you. I know there's other podcasts and other players corner. Um, we're in all of our players corner, but definitely when you was in the mud, we had, had your back. Um, Hudson Day played on the left. A lot of people have been calling for this for a long time. What were your thoughts on how Hudson done on left, Babs? Yeah, I thought it was a very, very nice and measured performance. Nice and mature. Had good interplay, surprisingly, with Alonso, which is mm-hmm. quite surprising to see. You know, he slipped him in uh, one time in the 10th minute, which was like a sign of things to come in terms of the, um, the um, own goal. Yeah. Um, 
I do feel like for me to judge him properly, I do feel like we need to see a bit more of Varane on the left-hand side because this just may be like a one-off thing. But from what I have seen on the left, I do feel like this should be his position for the for the long term. I don't want to see Werner playing there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see a man who can't dribble. I want to see a, a, a real creator, you know, like a proper a proper winger, you know. Because mm-hmm. I do know um, we did have our worries in terms of um, Hudson playing the inside forward role. But I do feel that when, you're, when he was playing on the right, it kind of like left him to do one thing, which is just to get the ball across his body mm-hmm. and get it into the box. But I do feel with him being the left, as we saw, he was able to cut in the shoot. He was able to make the cross for Havertz. He was able to make Havertz nice interplay. I do feel like this should be hopefully his position going forward, especially with the Leeds game coming up and the Athletic game in, on the week next week. Okay, Ben, positives on, on Hudson. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Ben's, Ben's gone. All right, cool. What we'll do as well is because... It's oh, I was bit... on mute, sorry. Yeah, go, go, go. No, I was going to say, when it comes to kind of... I don't even feel like I even need to talk anymore. But the proof yeah. is in the pudding when he actually plays, isn't it? Yeah. So, it, and, I, and even on... I was listening to, obviously, a couple of the uh, the recent pods, in it? Even in this, all this star boy thing, innit? Mm-hmm. I feel like the ops right now, they're taking advantage of the fact that he's been very start-stop in terms of how he's... In terms of actually being able to play, in it. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, when he gets to play you know, again, regularly like he has been and probably from next season, maybe even this season in the actual preferred position, we'll start to see again in terms of where he actually ranks. So, yeah. Like, Hudson Odoi has got more minutes this season already than all of last season. So, like, it's, this is going to be his first season getting big regular minutes for Chelsea. That is a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, but the same way with the, the players that are in sticky situations, we've kind of focused on both negatives and positives also is there any negatives about Hudson because we want to make we want we want to remain balanced mm, yeah the, uh, for me personally the, the, the one clear one is just the, the shooting the mm. shoot just getting a consistent shooting technique because I do know we did send a podcast of like him get that early shot off to catch keeper out. I do feel like if he was to actually refine that properly mm-hmm. it could be a thing if he's hitting the corners because I do know that's something that Kane has Kane has specialized that you know that's that's like Kane speciality the quick um, near post corner shot because he, as you said, it's hard for keeper to get down and save it. So, if he yeah. is he if he is able to refine his shooting, you know, not doing the finesse thing all the time, you know, sometimes yeah. you have to put your foot through it. I do feel like if yeah. he can do that and he can add goals to his game, the sky's the limit. Okay, Ben. Uh, yeah. Any? Yeah, I was just gonna say I agree with I agree with Babs in terms of the shooting thing. Um, I think he just he likes certain situations in terms of shooting. He's he's actually. 
I don't think he gets credit for how good he actually is on his left. But again, mm-hmm. he only kind of really lets it come out in certain situations, kind of that driving at the winger type of thing, cut in, find a way to cut in, and then a finessed side foot type of shot, either squeezing one in at the near post or mm-hmm. far post. And the fact that I can describe it in that much detail shows yeah. you how much he likes this type of finish. Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah. So yeah, just very variation is the key, yeah. is the key yeah. thing. And obviously patterning the style of how he's going to do it, like Bab said. Yeah, and Jay 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 from the podcast he says the same as well. He's just like lace it, learn how to lace it. But okay, cool. Enough on Cho. Um, let's talk about Tuchel. So this positive section is probably gonna be big. So we're gonna try and condense it. But I'm just gonna list out things that I think are positives. If any of you disagree with it, you can challenge me after. But I, I think maybe it's difficult to remember. But under Lampard, towards the end, we didn't even know where our next win was coming from. Even though that, do you know, like. Our next games are get, get games like Leeds, etc. And that's the type of games where we should feel like we should win it. But um, yeah, but yeah, but under Lampard towards the end, it was like, bruv, I can't even trust us to win those games. But now under Tuchel, it's like, we're, we're not even losing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a draw feels like a loss to us. That The last time I can remember that was when Mourinho first came in. Like, I remember we drew against Man City and that was like the... 14th match or whatever and that felt like a big loss and that was a draw so I feel like there's that obviously the defensive record is crazy five clean sheets at home he broke a record first manager to do that I feel like we've missed again Mourinho when a special one came in I'm talking about when he first came in he made Stanford a fortress obviously there's no fans but it seems like he's broken a record in terms of five clean sheets so there's potential for him to make Stanford Bridge a fortress Academy players, this isn't just to um, Tuchel, it's to Lampard, of, of course, as well. And it's to Sari a bit as well, because the end of Sari's um, reign. But 100 consecutive competitive matches where an academy player has started under Roman Abramovich. So that's a big thing, but that's obviously a general thing. But we're, big, we're winning big games as well. Under Lampard, specifically this season, I just feel like we came into big games negative. It was happy to take a draw. Uh, we've seen... Uh, Tuchel beat Mourinho, Ancelotti, Simeone, etc., etc. We're not just doing that, but we're doing clock. clock too. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't forget clock. That's good. I cop him back. Exactly. Um, but also, we're going into these games and we're imposing our own style as well. It's not like you, you could see with Lampard, who was changing, becoming more defensive. There was that. But also, I remember one of the first things that um, uh, the players said that Tuchel told them going into the Wolves match, which Loads of people in the media complained about. Um, he said, don't try to force things. Whereas with Lampard, it's like, yeah, play it fast. You know, be urgent, et cetera, et cetera. Tuchel yeah, defo. Yeah, so Tuchel, oh, told him, Tuchel told him, don't try to force things. Just play your game. If you don't feel like the pass is on, don't play it. And now, at, the, at first, it might seem, okay, cool, these people aren't being urgent. But what we found under Lampard was, like, as soon as we weren't scoring goals, or let's say, like, the match has started, 40 minutes in, we haven't scored. Everyone starts panicking, do you know what I'm saying? And then the other team starts growing in terms of their belief that they can win the game. But I feel like under uh, Tuchel, the team has belief, even if we haven't scored in the first 30 minutes, they have a belief. And that belief is built on the fact that they're not rushing it. The goal will come, plus we won't concede. So there's that. Obviously, Tuchel's reviving careers as well. Um, the squad seems bigger and it seems like, do you know what I'm saying, better. And there's no acquisitions, but that's just because he's brought players back from the gulag. 
a lot of people under Lampard, sometimes you can take on the mentality of your coach. So all of these people, like last season, like last season, I remember, we had Tammy Giroud and Batshuayi and everyone was saying at the start of the season, Tammy has to play because there's no other options. Giroud's not an option, he can't play. Batshuayi's not an option, he can't play. Towards the end of the season, we saw that was the wrong way to think about it. Giroud was an option, but because Lampard didn't make him an option in his head, the fan base embraced that. And I feel like we've seen that on a larger scale now with Tuchel coming in and taking all of these players that Lampard kind of taught everyone to not believe in, that they're actually useful. Like, Lampard will play Mount every single game because, in his mind, if Mount doesn't play, we can't win. Tuchel shown there's no player like that. Even with the goalkeeper, Mendy, like, at this point, we were thinking, OK, cool, there's no way that Kepa should play in a competitive match that we have to win. But he's broken all of those barriers. So the good thing about Tuchel for me is everything I've just said. He doesn't seem to have a son. A lot of people are saying that Callum Hudson is his son, but he's shown with every single player, listen, if you're not going to do it, you're going to be benched, etc., etc. Now, there's negative things about Tuchel as well. We'll get into that. But Ben, Babs, what do you have to say about Tuchel positives? Yeah, to be honest, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said there, particularly in terms of the whole thing of them, the not forcing it thing and the managers and the, and the players taking on the manager's personality. Because I think that's a, that was a major thing, particularly this season. And obviously, man, they were getting down my boy Pulisic. They were getting him down bad, <laughs> innit? And, and I was looking, I was watching him like, bro, this is Lampard. How can you not see, like... You know when someone's getting on the ball and now because Lampard is drumming in this whole thing of goals, 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 mm -hmm. he has he feels like he has to make something happen every single time he's on the ball. And he wasn't the only one. So Werner was similar too. But yeah, things have definitely calmed down quite a lot mm -hmm. since then. We're actually playing ball. We're playing ball again as well. Another another yeah. reason why obviously I like what Tuchel's done is that, again, he's out here highlighting how important Jorginho is to yeah. how we play as well. So, which obviously I think is a really important thing because at the end of the day, right, if someone is fundamentally important to the way you play and the way you knock the ball around, you can't be constantly seeing them on the bench. You know what I'm trying to say? And I feel like it's more obvious now, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been denying from ages that Jorginho's importance in, in our team. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's even becoming more obvious on the Tuchel as well. The only thing I don't like about Tuchel... No, 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 we're going to get onto negatives later. So okay, if you yeah, the positives, Babs, take it. In terms of positives, I do slightly agree in terms of um, taking on the taking on two shots approach of not forcing things, but sometimes I, I do like having a bit more urgency in our play, and I, I do feel like we we had that we've had that in spells, I should say, like we had that in spells against Liverpool. Wait, we're going we're going positive, though. We're going positive. Yeah, I'm talking positives. I'm talking okay, positives cool. positive. in terms of like we have been intense at times, which is something that I have liked. You know, we we've been strong defensively. You know, we haven't actually had to have. Mendy save us too much okay. you know I do like the fact that we're rotating players you know we're keeping players values up yeah you know, because what, what you could say is although although you don't want to see these players they, they they are professional footballers they can do a job and they've proven us they've proven everybody wrong they can do a job you know we've seen Alonso and Rudiger help win games against Tottenham mm -hmm. we've seen them we've seen those same two players help wins away at Atletico Madrid like if, if who knows what would have been said a year ago, we definitely would not be would definitely would not have been saying this could have been a possibility. And I do feel like having this kind of rotation is very very important in terms of squad harmony, keeping players happy. And yeah, I, I can't really complain because I do feel like we're controlling games, mm -hmm. we're stifling our opposition, which has been good to see. So yeah, yeah, I'll have to go with that. You know what's crazy on the Discord, um, both on the voice chat and in the chat, um, Anu said on the voice when we were playing against Everton. He was like, the thing that's scaring me is that Zoom is playing. 
That's what he said. He said the thing that's scaring is Zuma's name. And the reason why I want to point to that is don't forget, Zuma was part of Clean Sheet FC. Zuma was part of the reason why we were safe when when we wasn't letting in any goals, everyone was giving Zuma the praise. And if you imagined back then that Zuma was dropped and Rudiger came in for him in an important game, a lot of people would be like, what are you talking about? Or Chris Jensen. But th- that shows you how crazy it is that Zuma came in and we've, we've had a string of games with Chris Jensen and Rudiger playing and Anu's been fine. But Zuma comes in and he's like, oh, I'm worried about Zuma. And I feel like that kind of shows how sometimes if a player isn't in the team for a prolonged period, all of a sudden fans start doubting them. I just feel like that's why you've got to be careful with managerial choices because you can take on the idea of your manager just because this manager isn't playing someone, therefore doesn't necessarily mean he's not good. And I think with Tuchel as well, the good thing about Tuchel, I feel like when he's been unfair, so he's been unfair admittedly with Pulisic and Emerson, but he's come out and said, actually, I've been unfair with them. I've been unfair with them. Even with, with Werner, sometimes he takes it on himself saying, maybe it's my fault we play up high. So I like that he kind of, he's not kind of like putting it on the players, he's putting it on himself. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot good to talk about. Um, also quickly, on, in terms of the squad, I think it's important just to, to emphasise this before we move into the negatives. Um, earlier this season, Klopp said that we probably had the best squad in the league. Lampard refuted it. Hassan Suhul said we probably had the best squad, squad, squad in the league. It was refuted. The Everton game, I think, has been one of our best games under Tuchel. And on the bench, we had Silva, Chilwell, Kante, Mount, Pulisic, Ziyech, Giroud, Kepa. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, hey, I don't know about that last name, brother. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, they're not. That's why I said it last. But at the same time, that just shows you the power of the squad. And Lampard tried to dumb it down. He even said, even after all of our changes, doesn't mean we can do anything. But I feel like Tuchel has come in and shown what a good manager could, or like a more experienced, developed manager can do with this squad. Now that's the positives. That's a lot of positives. What about negatives? And we'll start with Ben. Uh, you know, the thing is, this is really just a sickening, agenda-driven negative, isn't it? Because okay, okay. Babs raised a very, very, very good point in terms of the fact that he's keeping these men's value up. But I don't want to fucking see them. I don't want to see them. There's a time to, there's a time to give men them chance, yeah? There's a time to... There's certain men, I don't want to see no chance. I want to see life without parole. I need to see these men gone, yeah? Alonso, listen, I can be objective on a lot of players in this sport that we call football. But Marcus Alonso... Listen, I got PTSD, man. That guy, he's shown us who he is. Yeah. He, got, he got an assist in the yeah, He should have seen I he's a, pre- a Premier League winner. Yeah, damn. I don't give a damn about that assist. Left wing back that. is not mini better. Because, bro, he doesn't play left wing back. He plays 10. He plays yeah, 10. Bro, in fact, yeah, you know what's killing me? When Chelsea yeah. do highlights, yeah, when Chelsea do all of these on this day highlights, yeah. and you randomly see goals from Alonso in Conte's second season, Bro, yeah. this guy is, is finishing in the striking position. Mm-hmm. He's meant to be playing left back. He's mm-hmm. meant to be playing left wing back mm-hmm. in a rigid free at the back system, bruv. Like, bruv, get that guy out of here. Because the lapses, yeah, with Alonso, it's not the ability. I've long said this. It's the fact that he can let the devil use him at any moment. That's the fact that I don't trust. So I can never be comfortable watching us while Alonso plays. Never. Fair enough. Um, we don't want to get into Alonso because it is about too cool. But um, Alonso said himself that... Um, what he does like to do is make runs from the left wing into the box. Um, and I think that can kind of help us. But yeah, like even under Sari, when he was playing left back, so not left wing back, and he was scoring goals at the beginning of the season, um, he was playing an amazing form. 
I think a lot of people remember Sari said that he could be one of the best left backs in the world. The problem is, was that he was playing very attacking and Sari said for him to become better, he needs to be better defensively. But in becoming better defensively, he lost all of his attacking impetus and he just became dry and shit. But let's focus on Tuchel. So we've done the positives and we're on the negatives. Ben, you just said that there's certain players you don't want to see that you're scared mm. that maybe you'll see because he's reviving them. Babs, negatives. Mm. Can I refute Ben's point real quick in terms yeah, of that, that whole thing? I do feel like that is kind of rubbish in the fact that, yeah, you may not like the players, but they all serve a purpose. And we've seen the purpose that Alonso serves in terms of his goal for it. And I don't think it's I don't think it's it's just like ironic that you are seeing him in these striker positions, um, ending chances. It, it probably is by design. Like coaches aren't silly; they they know what they're doing. Like I don't I don't think it's like ironic that the fact that Alonso started in that Burnley game, when you know that Burnley are a big team and there may be a chance for the ball falls out down from the air, which it did, and only only scored the goal and. And I don't think it was like by accident whereby like Alonso's making these dire runs to the box and he's making these cutbacks for that like, place to get onto. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but as I said earlier, I do think they have, they have, they have a role to serve and I do think that's the whole point of squad, squad and team management. In terms of my negatives, I would be, I would have to go in terms of um, keeping um, keeping intensity in, um, in, in passages because I do feel like there have been points where we've kind of felt fallen back into like bad habits in terms of like taking our foot off the gas a bit too much. Mm-hmm. The Everton game, just before we scored the goal, they did have a bit of a passage of play whereby they had a chance for Charleston towards like our edge of our box. And I do feel like in terms of like, I know a team can't be perfect. You, know, you can't you can't dominate a game from back to front. But for me personally, I do feel when you go 1-0 up, as you try to go early on, you have to compound on that and try and get that goal either side of the, of the half-time whistle. I do feel like we have to be able to kill games a bit quicker if you want to actually challenge for, for stuff because that is something that we weren't able to do. We've always been able to do really, really well. And I do feel like that's kind of a thing where we kind of like fall into bad habits over the last two years in terms of like letting leads slip or letting teams like come into a game a bit too much. And for me personally, keeping the intensity in passages just to kill the game and then doing this managed approach of just like killing the game and just you know, passing it out, I do feel like that kind of that is a thing we have to push into. Another thing for me, it definitely has to be goals. You know, for me personally, we're, we're not scoring anywhere near enough goals. You know, like, I, like we look at our front three, they're not really, they're not, they're not clapping like that. You know, Jorginho's getting, uh, Jorginho, I think Jorginho's what, a second top, 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 top yeah, yeah, for me personally, I do feel like we need to add goals in that area, whether it be from wide positions, if we're to, if we're to sell a Pulisic, um, or if we were to be a, a striker, if we were to replace Werner, I do feel like we need to uh, replace these goals because personally for me, I do feel although Havertz can do the role in the false nine, I do, for me personally, at, at a top level at a top level club, as I said earlier, if you're not getting involved in everything, for me, you have to be, we need a goal scorer that's going to be scoring 20, 30 league goals. Yeah. I do feel like that's like our, our next step in terms of improving the team because defensively, people do say, oh, our defenders aren't the best, but I do feel like under a good coach, you could get the most out of most defenders. Mm-hmm. But you can't really get the most out of an average striker, you know, like you can't. Yeah. For strikers to out, out and perform the XG consistently, it's, it's near and impossible and it does tend to catch up on you. So okay. I do feel like for me, the attacking front three, is, is, that's like the clear and obvious place in terms of where we need to improve. Okay, so a big thing, a big thing for you is attack. Um, yeah, both in, com- both in composition. Both in composition yeah. and both in um, actual talent ID that we have currently. Okay, quickly. I'll quickly join in. But, um, ben, did I come to you on uh, negatives or two already? Yeah, 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 you did. 
Okay, cool. So I'll just kind of um, chime in with, I think I'm agreeing with Babs, attack is definitely a big thing. I think it's also important to bring up the fact that PSG, it seemed like a big thing because a lot of he got criticism for the attack, the idea in attack being give the ball to Mbappe or Neymar. So that's something to, to watch because obviously we haven't scored more than two goals, I don't think, um, if I'm correct. Most of the time we score one. And so obviously the, the games we haven't scored has been a draw. Um, so the defence all good. And uh, I like the defensive stuff that he's doing because it's unorthodox in terms of we're, we're defending really, really high. Um, um, and all that, that's good stuff. But the negative is, is the attack's not working. Now, my question to you guys is where do you feel like the attack's work best under Tuchel? What game? For me, it's definitely either the Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, that's probably because they played a high line. We were able yeah. to like get the ball out quickly to Mount on one side with our dags. We were able to get Werner in behind. So th- th- that was something that was always going to happen. Um, the Everton game, I did think it was good in terms of the fact that we had a natural winger there to um, help spread play. But I also think it was bad, the fact that it felt we were attacking with two players at, at, at times. It, it was only really that Harris and Cho really getting involved. Okay. Um, other than that game, I can't really think of any other games where I feel like we attacked well in terms of our actual attackers. Okay. Not as an actual team, but just our actual attackers. Okay, uh, Ben, what would you say? Best attacking game from us? Um, I'd probably say the Everton game, only because, like Bab said, the Liverpool game was a thing where it was more tailored to the way they play. Uh, we didn't actually play a block I, I think sometimes it can it can be easier to play against the type of teams that are going to come on to you, obviously, you know, because you actually can test yourself playing through them. And obviously, you play, them, play through them, huge benefits. But the Everton game, obviously a bit more of a block, even though we did catch them on the counter at times. But um, just in terms of obviously runs and actually creating stuff, and obviously people will miss the chances. But the key thing is that they were created, they were created, but the the main thing, obviously, with Tuchel at the moment, particularly going forward, is I don't think he's actually dedicated much time yet in terms of the attack. I think he's more looking at the midfield and defense and letting the attack, the talent in the attack mm-hmm. sort themselves out. I think it's I think he's going to come to rather than he's already come to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I agree. I think Everton potentially Burnley. I need to watch it again because it's so far far away. But Everton definitely. I think personally, the the reason why potentially is that I feel like Havertz and um, Hudson Odoi, they've got a bit more composure in, atta- in attack. Um, they're not boiling guys like a ZH, but they link up well. Um, so it's got, I think there was a bit more brains in attack. Um, and I just feel like that kind of changed the face of our attack. That's just one thing to watch. One thing I will say about Tuku in terms of negatives the double sub with Hudson Odoi, and also like in the Everton game where he was shouting at, <laughs> it's not his fault, there's no crowds in the stadium. When he was shouting at Bernard, and the transcript came out saying, do you even know what you're doing? You spent 15 minutes on the left. You're supposed to be on the right. Do you know what you're doing? Now, here's the thing. Um, the goal came because, like, not long after that, Werner went back onto the right way he was supposed to be. And that was important because it took a defender away and that helped Havertz get the kind of connection. But I do feel like, <laughs> bruh, I understand. I feel like he's got a bit of an emotional side. I understand how he might have had bus stops with. And I do feel like, yeah, the, the man management in terms of like the human aspects is, is kind of a yes. bit of a worry. This is what I'm saying. Not just man management, it's just relationships with people. Because I feel like in front of the camera, when he's calm, it's all good. But I can see when he gets emotional, like that Southampton game, because he said himself he was really pissed off that they dropped two points. And I feel like he kind of took it out on a lot, a lot of people. I can just see 
how potentially now he can have those type of um, fallouts with the management or with players. Now, he's a good guy. So it's easier when you're a good guy to get these people back on board to apologise, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's, it's something to, to look at. But I think in general, it's all good from two core. I, I, don't, I see less people arguing who's the best in the double privilege, shall we play Kante and Georgie, et cetera, just because the system's there. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, that's all good from uh, two core. We're coming up with, let's close out on a couple of players. We don't want to spend too long on them. Um, let's talk about Mount. Uh, Mount. Uh, Actually, can I, can, I, can I drop one more negative? Yeah, go on. I think for, for me, the one more negative has to be the treatment of Pulisic. I, I, I do have to, I think I do yeah. have to be fair yeah, yeah. in the fact that yes, I, I do think he does deserve a chance, you know, like he he's the only player that hasn't actually started a Premier League game on the yeah. two show, I believe. Yeah. And I do think the kind of player he is, he, he's definitely a player whereby he'll thrive under that like run of form whereby he's trusted by the manager. Yeah, he had a very poor run of form with the Lampard, like it was absolutely horrible, like terrible, like that, it, it was scary, but I do feel that like under new management is a is a is a is a fresh sheet of paper. It's a clean slate. You know, let the guy get his run. I don't like the whole. Oh, I believe he could be a superstar because I do think that was something that they said about Cho. You know, they're like, oh, you know, Cho, he, he was always good off the bench, and then suddenly it was asked, oh, he's not good off the bench. So I, I do feel like to actually know what a player is, he needs to have a good run of play. Yeah, he, he's still I young. I don't like that super sub yeah. thing. If you can, if you can have Agreed. impact off the bench, you can have impact from the start. I can, let's end on Mount and Jorginho. And the reason why I want to end on Mount and Jorginho is because I think one of the good things about the Tuchel regime is that the camp was split. It was Mount on one side, it was Jorginho on one side, and proper shelves, etc., etc. And I think that um, now we feel like more of a team. So I want to talk about Mount and Jorginho because they represent different sides. But I do want to stick to the format in terms of going positive and then negative. And so let's, with positives, um, starting with Ben Mount. I mean, Mason Mount, fam, this guy, if we're talking about someone that's been carrying us, this guy has just been, no matter the circumstances, no matter where he's been played, obviously the guy, guy very much gives it his all and finds a way to to be our most effective player a lot of the time and, and has actually been playing well no matter the, he's the one guy you can say, no matter how bad he's been playing as a team, has come through for us and played well. And he's only, what, I think he's just turned 22. So, yeah, now with Mount, the, the... And I think the good thing with Mount also as well, on top, of, on top of that, is that he's one of them He's one of them players where I think almost everyone knew he was good, but almost underestimated him. And he, he seems to continue to get better. Obviously, Lampard saw a lot of himself in Mount. And I think everyone else does as well, even in terms of that, in terms of the, obviously having ability... But seeing, being able to maximise that and get more and more out of it, more than people even thought you could actually get out of it. So, yeah, Mount, uh, he's a very, very, very good baller, very complete for his age as well. So, yeah, more, more, more power to him. More power to Mount. Babs, positive on Mount. Mm. I hate to do this, but can I disagree with Ben again? OK, no, yeah. Go, do the disagreement with Ben, then we'll come to your positives. OK, the disagreement, I don't really, I don't agree with the whole he saw himself in Mount thing. I, I don't think they're similar players at all. I think the reason why I think the reason why he did it is because he he reckon he and appreciated how hard working of a player he was at Derby. That was it for me. Like that's what he was even saying at Derby in terms of his press conferences. Like, oh, this guy's a hard worker and he's got hard at work effective in training. I think that's what it was. Um, for the positives no, no, of my quickly, quickly, Babs. Doesn't that 
that can't Lampard recognize that in Mount that he was a hard worker too. Yeah, yeah I that's what I was but, gonna say. Well, say yeah, to... These guys, these guys are professional footballers. Like they're, they're all hard workers. I don't want yeah, to be that 100%. guy, but you don't get to the top one percent in your but, career without being a hard worker. But but I, like we know that Lampard. But that was Lampard. Because Lampard never had that much ability. As in, he had ability. Don't get me wrong, but he worked well to maximize it. He yeah. maximized his ability. He never had that much natural ability, which I think, of course, Mount was always a prospect. As in, we always thought Mount was good from time even when he went alone to the test. But to come and say that from then that this guy was going to be a starter in our team and arguably be our most important player. You're looking at, you're looking at, you know what I mean? Like, no one would have thought that at the time. All right, Babs, Babs, let Babs go on. on. Are you going to keep on disagreeing with um, Ben's points? No, I'll just just go to the positive. Um, Positives for me, we're actually starting to see a bit more of a goal-scoring trait under Tuchel. He's got three goals under him, and I feel like that's, like, been a massive positive for me in terms of of his shooting. Pardon, sorry? Three and eight, I think it is. Yeah, three and eight. That's and that's, I think for, the, for that means, for me personally, that's a massive positive in that's terms good, of him yeah. improving his game because people always do this rubbish thing where they say, oh, he's a goal scorer. And if you actually listen to Mal, he said it himself that that's one, that's one of the aspects he wants to actually improve in his game. And for me, that that is another positive for me. I feel like Mount, as much as people say, oh, you know, don't don't criticize Mount, don't say this about Mount, you know, but I feel like Mount <laughs> is probably the, his biggest crit, he's probably his biggest critic, critic, critic yeah. he's the most critical of himself. If you get what yeah. I mean, like he's more critical of himself than other people are. And I do feel yeah. for me, like if you want to be elite in any like career aspect, whether it be like in terms of like football or just working in general, you have to be able to know your strengths or weaknesses to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And for yeah. me personally, him knowing that knowing the kind of mentality he has, for me, that's one thing I just love about Mason Mount. Why I just I just want to see him play for Chelsea. Yeah, I re- I really like Mason Mount as a person. I do. I really like him as a person. I what can... about the player? Uh, whoa, let me finish. Let me cook. But at the person first and foremost I really like him as a person because like it helps being a good person do you know what I'm saying like he, he seemed like even the the Zuma celebration when Zuma was on the outskirts do you know what I'm saying and he done the little celebration I thought that was good um he does he does seem like someone that has this I'm not going to be beaten attitude so where his dad told him you're not going to make it for Chelsea he said, nah, I'm going to make it at Chelsea. Do you know that type of confidence? As a player, I've always, I know, like, I think the problem is, is that because I, I am someone that isn't afraid to be critical of players, even though I, even if I like them, people think I hate Mount, completely the opposite. Um, I do like Mount. I, I agree that, especially if you're playing an attack, you have to improve your output. But look, at this point, three and eight is probably better than most of our, the players that are playing behind striker. Like, Mount is doing it, do you know what I'm saying? Scoring. I don't have a problem with him if he continues to score. And I particularly want to see him continuing on that left side because I've always noticed from youth, him cutting in and striking, that's his best best asset. So I want to... And the fact he can dribble too. So, like, he's a really he's really good dribbler for his style and type of player. And he, he's cutting in and shooting is really good. Um, even... I know a lot of people get on get onto him about um, creating from set pieces. That's a positive, but I do understand why people would take that away in the creation stats to see how much you create in open play. Mount's not the most creative. However, he does still create. Do you know what I'm saying? He's, I think a lot of people under, under um, credit him when they make out like he's got no positive impact in terms of passing in open play. I do feel like he can add to it. Um, yeah, and I do feel like he makes it easy for him to play. Now, I, I said, um, and people can back me up on the Discord, that, um, and this is before we was linked to Tuchel, I said that Mount will probably start under most managers. And that's because he, like, sometimes you just make it hard for a manager to drop you because you just, 
become so trustworthy in terms of what he ticks in terms of he's going to work hard you know what I'm saying it just makes it easy for him to to um, pick him and when it came down to the fact that we was definitely going to hire a German manager and it was Nagelsmann or Renjic or Tuchel as it ended up I was like these guys like counter-pressing that's that's Mount all day and like I still remember Mount from Vitesse like um, Sam the Hockage I think or Hokage he's trying to claim it now but I was when I told him like at Vitesse the manager there said that he reminds him of Cruyff. Like, Mount, away from the energy, etc., he's still got good traits about him. I just feel like, um, and this is, not a, this is not a negative to Mount, so I can say it in this um, piece, I just feel like people baby him too much. And it's a bit what Babs was saying in terms of Mount's the biggest critic. One thing I like about Mount is that his head is screwed on. So the baby in, like, he doesn't internalise it because I think he's got higher standards for himself. But all of these people coming out and saying, make him captain straight away and he's scoring all these goals when he isn't doing it. That's the issue. And I feel like when sometimes when we're attacking the noise around Mount, people think I'm attacking Mount. But I really like Mount as a player. I wanted to stay at Chelsea. Um, he gets like, it's like with Tammy. I don't want to see Tammy leave because of what he can offer. But Mount has a better fit because I do think that Mount incrementally can get better. And yeah, I think he's a, he's a great player. So Next question is, do you think that he should be our player of the year? Easy money. Yeah, definitely. Easy yeah? money. Okay. I, money makes I think, easy. I, I think that's another, I think that's for another pod. Well, maybe that's for a patron, but negatives. Just quickly on the negatives, because um, we're running to about 40 minutes, which is cool. But negatives on Mount. It's really only, funny enough, with, with Mount, like, especially given everything you just said which I wholly agree with mm-hmm. the negatives about Mount aren't even ever really about Mount if that makes sense mm-hmm. I feel like something that can also be viewed as maybe a slight negative is how useful he seems to be in any position he actually like he's going to apply himself wherever you play you can play him right back he'll apply himself but um, sometimes we've seen with players in the past obviously he said his best position is the A and we all believe that too but he's been so useful I think in so many different positions that maybe you could you could, you could potentially view that as a negative in terms of you know um, I guess every manager is maybe going to have a different view on where they see him playing Lampard used him differently to Tuchel does at, at times at least Southgate used, uses him differently as well so the position at least is really the only thing cool which is actually um, good yeah, I think that's a positive. Babs, go on negative amount. Negative. It's a hard one because for me, the only thing that comes to mind is decision-making. But for mm-hmm. me, the two the two sub-points I have to say on that is, one, it's only really the, the top-of-the-top elite, elite talents at a young age that the decision-making is taped, it's like always on point. And for me, the other part is, yeah, it's going to come, it's probably going to come with experience in terms of like him getting a more consistent ball off. Um, another thing would for me would just be like, as I said earlier, with the decision making, making sure that like, he gets his head up quicker in terms of like making the pass. I do think yeah. again that's going to come from with experience, like not even just a slight on him, but like more of a slight on fans. One of the things I really do hate is this whole like screenshot urge of people just like screenshot a, a chance with like, oh, it's going to be a screenshot like a, a play where it's going like, like 30 miles per hour. You're going to say, oh yeah, he should have made the pass. But it's like, if you've played football, yeah. you know that football moves like, football moves at like, the click of a second. Like you you, you miss yeah. a pass at one second, you have to make a decision then and there where what the next play is going to be. And for me personally, I don't really like that. And I do feel like he is kind of a player that comes under scrutiny a lot with those kind of things. People are like, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that. But at the end of the day, he's doing well, yeah. in my opinion, for a 22-year-old. And for me personally, the only thing, as I said earlier, will just be the decision-making. And when that happens, boy, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. That's what I'm going to say. 
So what I'd say is I do think like a theme because I think a lot of the reason why people went to ZH and, and Havertz, et cetera, et cetera, I do feel like what you mentioned earlier in terms of the highlights and seeing people's good passes kind of distorts people and it's a grass is greener thing where people were like, I remember Barkley last season, it's like, look, he should, the freeze frame culture, he should have done this. And it's like the Liverpool game, yeah, like there's plenty of things you can, like football's a game of like number of chances and one of them is going to come off. Mount scored an amazing goal and people were focused on the shit that didn't work. I, I've always hated that. I hate that. I hate that with Barkley. People do it with so many players. Like people are scoring and saying, okay, here's where they didn't score, even though we've won. And it's like, are you really, I just don't understand where the head's at because I do feel like it's important to, to notice that you're not going to get that perfect player. Like Aziz came in and he was supposed to be the person in the final third that got everything right. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with Havertz. You know what I'm saying? People expected that. That's why they said that Barkley had to go because they said that, oh, Havertz is going to come in. He's going to make everything fine and all the final third, uh, third passes are going to work out. People do this thing where they say, oh, it's because of his age and in the future it's going to be, per it's not going to get that great. Do you know what I'm saying? It might get great because Mount likes to improve. Yeah, true, but, true. Yeah, true. It, it Mount. Pro progression is always great. linear, as, as they say. This is yeah. what I'm saying. And I, I just feel like Mount, for me anyway, I think he's been in the final third where I'm kind of hopeful is more kind in shooting and getting goals because I, I feel like he's got the hunger for that. And I do feel like he can um, confuse it by trying to be everything. That's a negative thing because I, I do feel like he listens to this criticism. And I feel like Lampard listened to the criticism. That didn't help him. Um, and I feel like with Mount as well, it's good that he listens to criticism. But at the same time, sometimes it's just about doubling down at what you're good at. And I feel like maybe the reason why he's not, he might not be improving so far in terms of his final decision-making is like, he's thinking, oh, this person is saying, I need to get more assists. And this person is saying, I need to get more goals. And he doesn't know which one to do. And I do feel like he's got something in terms of on that left in the side channel, just kind of cutting in and shooting because his strike is really good. And I feel like I want to see him kind of concentrate on that. But um, uh, yeah, finally on Jorginho, can't take long because I'm tired of speaking. There's not much more moisture in my mouth. Um, Jorginho showed up Thiago against Liverpool. A lot of people wanted Thiago instead of Jorginho. And again, it's like... Uh, he, dunked, he dunked on that Paella merchant, bruv. He didn't just show him up. I mean, he embarrassed yeah, him, man. Exactly. Bruv, this is what I'm trying to say. I've lost the energy, but Luke has come in full circle. He said he was going to come. Um, so he Luke's come in. He embarrassed that you, bruv. You know, what, you know when I knew... That this Duncan was this Duncan Nobi Derry Lee, you know, then ones there, yeah, okay. was when he was even take, bruv, he even pammed him defensively, as in mm -hmm. one point, Thiago Chai stepped yeah. him and on the board. Jorginho just took that ball from him and said, You don't want that. Took, you know, yeah. in basketball, when they say, Get that shit out of here, that's that's exactly <laughs> what happened. That, and, and I think it's a damn shame that these niggas get caught up in style. So this is the same country, yeah, mm -hmm. where Jorginho will be so integral to the system, but mm -hmm. Thiago does a couple of passes with some, you know what I mean, a bit of a shimmy, a no, bit, no, of, a no, no, a bit no, of a Nando's no. feel to it. And man, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because if you look at it fundamentally as well, bruv, is there that much of a difference in terms of, I guess you would say, the... the the nature of both of their games in terms of, and I don't mean that in terms of like um, all these Rabonas and all, all this style and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about in terms of how they keep the ball moving and being integral to general levels of passing. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But yet one is looked at as, oh, this is absolute, this is absolute class. And where did you get this mm -hmm. from? Do you know what I'm trying to say? And Jorginho is constantly shit on. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he didn't just dunk on Thiago. 
Alan as well. A lot of people were saying Alan yep. is the type of... And, and, and he mocked what happened, him. He mocked him on the ground as and well. He, and, he, and he mocked him too. And obviously, Atletico Madrid, do you know what I'm saying? He, we played against yeah. it. A lot, of people, a lot of people were saying, oh, when we was beating the easier teams, oh, it's because they're easier teams. Then it was like, what about the teams that put pressure on you? But I was like, this is the same Jorginho that was the fulcrum of the trio where under Lampard and Sarri, in the bigger games, we would almost outclass the Liverpool midfield. Facts. We were well against the Man City midfield. But people still wanted the question. It was like, okay, in a two, in a two-call midfield, can he do it? What happened when he played Liverpool? He showed out. He's, so, he's been balling. He's been balling. He's been balling. So, so those are on positives on Jorginho. I think I've, we've covered a lot of them already. Um, I think people, it's a bit weird because he has, even under Lampard, the games he started, we weren't losing. And he's continued that on. And I've seen, you, you would have seen the stats on social media fairly as well. When he's starting, we're not losing. A lot of people were calling him a liability, but you can't be a liability, but then be, do you know what I'm saying? Being so You can't be a liability and be that integral to a team. It doesn't make right. any sense. And I, exactly. And, and, and attacking wise, and it's the same with the mouth thing in terms of, where people would just screenshot or just take a little video about one one incident in the match where he gets run past and therefore he's yeah. a liability. But there's not hey, many games lie. where that killed I me, though. It does, it does. And that, that, that killed me. As yeah, in, but, listen, but, I was dying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I think people take these incidents and make it the full player and they disregard yeah. all of the good things they do. So you hear so many people saying that Jorginho doesn't do anything defensively and that's cap. It's cap. Um, if you yes, look at his so, numbers, his numbers are they're exactly. way more than but solid. His he, numbers are better than people's favorite DMs. A hundred, a hundred. So, but even when you watch the game too, you see him doing it. You see the interception. Yeah. You see the time. So yeah, Jorginho. So like, uh, we've gone on the positives. Babs, do you have any negatives? Because I know that you wasn't necessarily in the camp. So I think you'll be best to take us out with this, and then we'll finish. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like for, for me personally, I do think obviously physicality and his like speed is definitely always going to be like a natural weakness that he has to his game. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, to, to even counteract that, you always said the, the, the system that the manager has in place is supposed to be there to help like cover a players' like weaknesses and exemplify their strengths. So for me, the weakness would be him himself in terms of physicality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do feel like he could, he, he potentially could be upgraded in terms of that aspect, but. In terms of neg- negative aspects, for me, it would be that um, sometimes I do feel like he does slow down play a bit too much. I understand why he does it in terms of helping to control the tempo of the game, but I do feel like there are instances whereby, for me personally, if you're if you're the tempo setter, I will one new up. I need you to I need you to speed up. I need you to speed things up at times just to like try and help us get the second goal. Mm. I do, and I'm not saying that is this is his job to like create from the back. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm just asking like. Increase the speed of play, you know, whether it just be like punching passes out to the wingbacks, because that's something that um, a certain Mason Mount is really good at in terms of like playing the ball out quickly to the wingbacks. Mm-hmm. If he could do that for us, I do feel like a lot of people will actually will actually praise him for that because that is something that we, we can and we should like kind of like take advantage of because there are there have been aspects like in the Atletico Madrid game, Cho was out wide like a million times over and he just he did, didn't want to play the pass. And I do feel like if he wants to play it, boy. Fair enough, fair enough. But like, like I said, there's there's a little bit in terms of okay, we might want to like tempo setter. That means that you vary the tempo. So yeah. and and I know you're saying that in those particular moments you think he's gonna run it faster, but then it's getting to the mount things where you kind of take incidents and you, you yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying. I that's, like, that's what I'm trying to avoid doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, the thing with Tuchel 
And one of the reasons why we are better defensively, because I feel like in England, sometimes you can just look at defence in terms of, you know, defending your box, et cetera, et cetera. We're not doing our defending in our box. We're doing our defending because sometimes the tempo's slow. So we kind of hold the ball and we don't rush it. And then also we're so high up so that the time where they break, they're still like 80 metres from goal or whatever. And that's, that shit seems to be working. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy because we're not going to talk about the defence. We don't have time. But under Sari, when people saw those pictures of Kepa, Chris Jensen and Rudiger starting, yeah, we really wasn't bad defensively. And I think, again, we've seen those players come back in, most of them. And defensively, we've been a lot better than under Lampard too. I feel like, yeah, tempo, you can be defensive through different ways. And I think Jorginho, apart from the tackles and interceptions, I do feel like the possession helps us defensively. But do you know what? I'm definitely out of breath. Um, we're going to... Uh, you know there. what, though, Dan, quickly before we okay. go, okay. big shout out to, to Andreas Christensen. Bro. Yes. Yes, because he's really been doing the business. Yeah, that's that's a massive positive we, oh, even, we didn't yeah. come up. Real positive, yeah. So, certain man said top five Premier League centre back, and it's looking like it's coming certain to man fruition. Certain man oh, is it's coming to fruition, man. Shout out to and me. Listen, Christensen, you've 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 had up the stock dropping many times, but yeah. now it's very much going back it's up. Time. It? It's your time, so it's Christensen yeah. time. All right, thanks, Ben, Ben and Babs for joining um, joining me. I think that was a really good one. Thanks, man. Um, I enjoyed that one. Cool. Come on, boys. And again, again, guys, you know, if you want to, if you want to see the post-match reactions, want to get, want to head a nitty-gritty, head over to the Patreon. Yeah, we know you guys love us, but love us with your money, niggas. Yeah, get on that Patreon. This is a better pitch. This is a better pitch. Here's the thing: you join the Patreon, it's five pound a month, five times twelve. That's just sixty pounds. If you want to continue hearing us content, we do probably need money to support this going into the future. So yeah, you can definitely help us sustain this. Um, Thanks for your support. Either way, even if you can't. Back us, at, at least tweet people and tell people to listen. That will help us. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks, everyone. Well, See you next week. That's nice what. Peace. Peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.